This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, what's going to make your needle move in the election? We discuss the impact of the election with all the shift heads, and you share your concerns. Also, we talk about um, so many things on movies, Ryan Reynolds with Steve Stebbing, what the hell should we watch this weekend, and what about Kyle's? Are you okay with Kyle's and heist movies and more on the Shift Daily Podcast? What's going to move your needle? If the election gets announced on Sunday, what makes your vote a confident vote? We've been through a lot. I know it's early. No one, uh, well, there's one platform that's been shared. But still, we need to know what's going to move our needle. Here's a great example of a general frustration. Hey, Shane, I literally cannot stomach the thought of four more years of Trudeau. I feel like throwing up any time I see and or hear him acting the part of prime minister. I will probably vote conservative, hoping O'Toole will suddenly become brilliant, LOL, or at least find some dirt that will stick this time. Well, uh, Shirley, thank you very much for the text message. Uh, Finding dirt that sticks, that's not going to happen, right? That's just not going to happen. We've learned this. So it's not about finding dirt on the other guy. What I want to know is I want to know what are the exciting things that will get you excited, that will make your needle move. What is it that you want to see that makes it a vote, a confident vote, specifically, right? Here's another text that comes in. What makes my needle move? Hearing some solid plans and ideas rather than only nitpicking what Trudeau has or hasn't done. Hearing plans to reopen our economy rather than Trudeau trying to shut everything down. Uh, Thank you very much. What moves your needle to get this election if it gets announced? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Grant says, quit paying people to stay home so the businesses can get back up to speed. Okay, well, that's obviously politically leaning in that statement, but the reality is what makes Grant's needle move is getting back to work. Any party could decide to get us back to work. Any one of those leaders could do it. So that's what makes Grant's needle move. Right, 877-399-9898. What's going to make your needle move in this election? This way, that way, I don't care which way. But I want you to be confident in your vote. Evelyn is in Winnipeg. Hi, Ev. Hey, Shane. Um, I remember when um, Jody's position from Governor General was up. Remember? Remember that when she was, she gave up her job? I I want the same person that I want wanted for that job for this job. Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen. She used to uh, uh, be part of my my school, my alma mater. And she's an, she's an awesome she's an awesome take for uh, re- replacing Pallister. Hopefully, something happens there. Okay, um, federally, right? Federal oh, election. Yes, that oh, federal. Yeah, that's right. This would be this would be provincial replacing yeah. replacing Pallister. Okay, and just to be um, just to be clear, Jody Wilson Raybould wasn't Governor General, but. Um, but to, to, I do like the fact that you're looking at all pieces of this puzzle. So if there was one thing on a federal level, Ev, that would make your vote a confident vote, what would you like to see? What I would like to see is uh, the promises being made actually being, being made. Because the fact like some- of the matter is, well, Trudeau, Trudeau is making false promises right now. He always does this. Um, the right. fact of the matter is with the child care. Is that actually going to happen with, you know, $10 a day for child care? 
Yeah, D.D. Turmond, yeah, I know. Because that's, that's a big promise and big shoes to sell. If you're going to mm-hmm. actually do that, then do it. Don't don't okay. just, like, sit on it. Yeah, so All right, well, I have... One of the ones, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love it. So, you know what? It's going to change over time, Evelyn. This is the thing. That's mm-hmm. where it's at today. And through the course of the next bunch of weeks, if the election gets called, it's going to change over time. And I want to hear that. I want to hear how it changes for you. And I, I'm just going to let's role play a little bit here just to set an example, because I really think that you're onto something here. I think that it's really important, Evelyn. And I'm really glad that you got a little confused between the province and the federal there, because that just okay. goes to show as an example for everybody. There is so many pieces to the puzzle. It's easy to get to tangled up in all kinds of stuff. So I'm thank you very much for putting yourself out there with that. I love it. The other part oh, is, is in the role play, yes. it's kind of like, you know, hey, Shane, in the beginning, you know, I was sort of all about just, you know, sticking to promises about COVID, right? Or, or just having a budget plan or whatever. I, for in your case, is, is saying, I just really, really, really wanted to, you know, be able to look at childcare. Is this actually going to be a thing? But Two, three weeks from now, you could be like, you know what? I've been thinking about this. We really need to get back to work or we really need infrastructure development or whatever it is that you decide. So update us as you go through this. Okay, Ev? I, I will. I'll definitely do that. And thanks for the great topic again. You are, you're always wonderful that way. So, yes, hopefully you'll get a lot of, lot of good responses from this. Yeah. I love it. Evelyn's in Winnipeg. Thank you very much, Evelyn. 877-399-9898. Um, what do you want? Let's go to Donna, who's in Ontario. Donna, um, Ontario is a very big place, Donna. Can you get, at least get us down to a bit of an area of Ontario? Yeah, I'm in Niagara. Oh, perfect. I love Niagara. I used to live in St. Kitts, you know. That's where I live. <laughs> oh, amazing. I lived on Jennifer Crescent down by the canal there. It was fantastic. And Limwell. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's great. I love it. Okay, so yeah. what do you want to see? What moves your needle here, Donna, if there's a federal election called? I'm absolutely certain that Jay meets Singh, and I'm like I've been a conservative all my life, but uh, and I, I, I just don't understand what's wrong with these people. I'm on ODSP because I have MS, mm-hmm. and I don't have enough money to like eat anymore. Understood. So specifically, then for your life, from your lens, where you are on Linwell in St. Catharines, Ontario. Yeah. What is it one thing that you would like to see this federal government offer to you as a promise in this election that could sway your vote to vote that way? What's one thing that you need as an MS person who's struggling to make ends meet? What do you need? Uh, I need a living wage, so um, an honest an honest amount of money so that all my money is not spent on my rent. Mm-hmm. Understood. And so, I don't have to walk and drag myself home from the uh, community care or whatever to like and hurt myself understood. to get food. Amazing. Okay. Uh, Donna, keep us up to date, okay? As you go through this process and what you experience, I want you to call us back as things go. And if living wage stays as your number one, I want to know. And if it changes, I also want to know. Will you do that for me? Well, yeah, but how could it change? Well, you never know. Sometimes things uh, we get inspired. I'm just saying it's, um, you know, for the possibility worked, of getting worked, inspired. I worked really hard all my life. I worked for the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, and now I'm struggling to eat. Hmm. Well, I hear you. And so I'm saying Jagmeet Singh has got the best intentions for the Canadians. 
Thank you very much, Donna. 877-399-9898. Donna is very uh, strong in her stance. That's what matters to Donna. And she's very clear, isn't she? I love it. Thank you very much, Donna, for taking your stand. I hope you stay in that stand. All right, let's go to Sean, who's in Edmonton. Sean, what moves your needle if there's an election? Uh, simply as possible, accountability. I'd like uh, whoever is going to run this country to be accountable for exactly what they say during the election. If they are going to put on the platform that you're going to, I am, I am doing this, then that is what I want. It, so you know what I, I don't you know, know what I hear in this, Sean? It's not that can happen, but I mean, it, yeah, I don't yeah. think it. Yeah. Well, so here I'm just trying to take this. Uh, I'm I'm trying to listen to what you're saying, Sean, and and listen from a place of okay. Accountability comes at the end of the line, right? Because we can't have we need to have something either work or fail in order to have accountability. So I'm trying to think. Okay, well, I agree with you, frankly. Accountability would be awesome. So what does accountability look like in the campaign? Because obviously we won't know what accountability is. I mean, I guess I'm kind of leaning towards the word integrity. But in the campaign, what's one thing you need to see that, you know, with accountability being the outcome, what do you need to see in the election that could get your vote? Jeez, uh, that's, that, you know what I, and when you say it in that standpoint, uh, I'm not even sure which one I could even uh, grasp at here. Uh, it's hard, right? In my eyes. It's very hard because I don't know yeah. a single one. If you give me a single election that uh, someone that has ran and actually was accountable to what they've actually said and going to do. I mean, Absolutely, I, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I just wanted to, I want to create Sean this, this, this look that I don't think we can afford to wait anymore to see how it goes and then decide if they're accountable. I think we need to go into this saying, here are the things that matter. Show up. Put up, talk to your constituents, show up for the people that that you're you're supposed to be representing, and and do that. Well, and Sean, by the way, you're but, not alone. He, he, yes, I, I agree. But here's the other thing I I would like to say on this is that it's not one thing. You can't just go into this and think, you know what? Here's my needle point, and this is what why I'm going to choose you. It, it's mm-hmm. so many things. I mean, when I, I heard the last two callers talk about. You know, childcare or uh, MS. Uh, that living wage, you know, yeah. Living wage. I mean, we need to take a real hard stance and 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 stop looking at what our uh, politicians are doing in in a broader sense, in and actually look at what they are actually going to do for us internally, and actually hold them and say to them, "Listen, this is what you were voted in on." and actually hold them accountable. I, I, I just I don't that. know any other way to do it. I, yeah, I know. It's, we, it's, but this, this so, is, this is so, the way that we've been doing it for this, for this time. This is the way we've been doing it, Sean. And it's not working. We're waiting until they fail before we can decide whether or not they're worthy. And so I'm with you, Sean. Right. I feel your pain. I feel the fact that it's kind of like a whirlpool, right? Like it, it's a bit of a spin of, well, how is it that we get there? And maybe, Sean, we've been just conditioned and trained to, to do it that way. And I'm just suggesting that it's it, it hasn't been working. There's got to be a better way to go. And I like where you are at when you say there's so many things that matter right now. We've got to look at more than one thing. And I think, Sean, if I may, if I can you know, put my arm on your shoulder and say I got your back for a second, I think that that's a fantastic starting point. 
And um, then I really look forward to hearing from you, too, Sean, and where this unfolds for you over the next few weeks, if the election is called, where you start to go from, you know, in the end, I want accountability. But right now, there are so many things we need to be looking at. Here's where I broke it down to my top five, or maybe there is one for you. Maybe there's not. Maybe there is five. But I want to hear that down the road. So uh, keep us in the Great. loop. I think you're in a perfect starting point to challenge it, bud. Can I, can I just say one more thing? Yeah, just be quick, though, please. Yeah, certainly. I would like to everyone to understand that COVID is not what we're voting on. We are voting on the person. So don't worry about which one is going to do whatever they're going to do to beat COVID. They're all trying to do that. Vote on the person that actually is going to represent you. It's very poignant and very important. Sean, thank you for your thoughts. Thank you. I want there to not be an election, Texter says. Uh, Governor General should tell Justin no election until uh, the last 50 reserves get safe drinking water. Make him live up to the promises. Now, that part I don't understand. I don't understand why his failure means he gets to stay. I get the accountability part. Got that. I'm not quite. The, the election is exactly what needs to happen if the conversation is about safe drinking water. That's for sure. On that topic, let's go to Burton, who's in Winnipeg. Hey, Bert. How are you guys doing? Uh, good, thanks, buddy. Thanks for taking the time to call in. What moves your needle in this election, buddy? Uh, what I would like to see, uh, whenever when the government gets in power, whoever it might be, there's a super. There's lots of intelligent people that live in Canada that got brilliant ideas and the, and the government could have a list of five things that they're struggling with and they should ask all Canadians, if you got a brilliant idea, we want to hear your voice mm-hmm. and get them on board because maybe yeah. there's somebody out there that can solve this problem, but their voice ain't being heard. And the government, well, you only can do so much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the bureaucracy is clearly in the way. Um, yeah, that, so there's I mean, got to be some type of program where the government says, listen, we got 10 things on the list. We always say that we want to do it, but we never do it. The well, how do we... why is because we can't figure it out. Well, and I, I, you, I, I get you there. Um, but, and the government contracts, too, are so inflated and so big. That would be another one that I would be curious to hear about. But to your point, Burton, uh, I agree with you that that's an old promise that has not been yeah. kept. And uh, most for premiers, I think we need more than one premier. Uh, it's well, too much thank, work. Well, it, it is. I would actually. That's interesting. Uh, a topic for another day, though. Because let's stay on the yeah, federal yeah, election. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, Thanks, Shane, um, for bringing so, this up tonight. Yeah, well, I, I'm not done, Burton. I have a question for you, though. Okay, bud. Is yeah, that sure. how? How do we get from that place where I'm going to try to uh, share my thought in a linear process? The promise okay. was made about water. It was not delivered. You right. want to? You're you're looking forward to a, sort of a a working relationship with new ideas and solutions that will work. So now back to the original idea of this election, what this promise has been made and broken already. What right. do you need to hear in this election specifically that makes you, uh, that could solidify your vote or at least lean you in a voting direction. What do you need to hear about that in the election that convinces you it's possible? I guess the oldest promise will solve it today. Yeah. Whatever they, whatever a lot of people were talking about, like the clean drinking water, we've been promising this for how long? Or, or something else that the government, previous governments have always tried to, you know, there's so much, there's so much to go by. There's so much to accomplish, but the list is so big. I just wish I believed the promises, Burton, because I don't. I know. 
I know. It's it's a it's a really tough call because once they get in, they're like, eh. you know what well, I mean? Well, that's it. In some right. eyes. Well, I'm in, right? I'm yeah. in. So, and I I always go to the thing is I want someone to for me. I want someone who I believe is going to run Canada, not run government. Right. You know. But but like I say, Shane, if we can get a bunch of people's voices in a positive note, yeah. Listen, yep. I want to help. Hear my voice, and the government's got to say, "Here's a program." We need to hear from you, but on a positive note. I hope you're right, Burton. Thanks for the call, buddy. Thanks, bud. This is the Shift Podcast. It's what the hell should we watch this weekend? SteveStebbing.ca. He is on the phone, and uh, he is uh, not on his microphone, which is literally right next to his face. Thank you, technology. Hey, Steve. Hey, how's it going? What a weird panic. <laughs> it is weird. Well, technology does this to this from time to us from time to time. Um, let's yeah. take a little look, see at um, at everything that's uh, that's going on in your world. First of all, how is life in Penticton? Um, you know, it was clear for a little bit uh, as far as the smoke goes, but it rolled in with like a dark force today. It is super smoky all over the city, and um, I went to a movie uh, tonight, which I'll talk about in a couple seconds here. And it was like smoky in the air conditioning and everything. It was just like a really weird experience. Wow. Um, and so is, I mean, you guys see fires in Penticton. Do you feel like things are lightening up or are they, is it just up and down? They say it's going to burn through till uh, winter. till first snowfall, like they're, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's bad. Uh, I mean, not bad, like exactly in my area, but around it, uh, of course, uh, into Vernon and everything. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Logan Lake now has apparently been it being evacuated and everything. Like it's, it's dicey out here right now, for sure. You definitely feel the peril, but it still hasn't touched Penticton yet. Wow. Absolutely incredible. What movie did you go watch? Uh, Free Guy. Free guy. Is it on your list right now? Should we just get started there? What do you want to do? Number one. Number one. Let's get started with free guy. Mondays. Am I right, Joe? You said it, guy. Yeah. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Everybody down on the ground. Hey, bud. You ever think that there's got to be more? More than what? The stuff we do day after day. So tell us about it. How was the movie and going sitting in the theater? Oh, uh, you know what? It was, they saved this one because this one was supposed to come out in July last year and they really wanted people to get the theater experience with it. And I think it does pay off. Uh, basically, Ryan Reynolds plays a non-player character in an online video game who starts to uh, basically become uh, kind of sentient of the world that he lives in and everything through another gamer uh, named Molotov Girl, played by uh, Jodie Comer, uh, Emmy Award-winning actress Jodie Comer from Killing Eve. Uh, And I mean, if you like Ryan Reynolds, you will love this movie. Uh, The script in it is so great. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch, uh, and uh, you kind of get this big, goofy grin plastered on your face throughout the movie because it's fun, it's heartwarming, and uh, I mean, everybody in it is just giving their all, and yeah, I totally loved it. It's a, definitely one that's going to command a rewatch for sure. All right, free guy in the theater. Let's go on to the list here. SteveStebbing.ca is respect. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Aretha Franklin. 
This song goes out to anyone who's ever felt mistreated. I used to feel so You need to take a break. I know how to run my business. Have you lost your mind? Maybe I found it. Well, isn't this an incredibly important and, uh, uh, I don't know, touching movie? Wow. Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, I wish it was uh, playing in my city here. Of course, we didn't get it out here. Uh, but uh, Aretha Franklin actually handpicked uh, Jennifer Hudson to play her in this. So this was like a long time coming. Uh, of course, Aretha passed, I think, two years ago now, maybe a little bit more than two years ago. So they didn't get to finish this movie until after Aretha had passed. Um, but one of the reviews I saw said that they maybe unintentionally gave Aretha a little bit of a walk hard rendition, like the Dewey Cox, like John C. Riley, like parody movie. And I'm super curious just by that review alone. Uh, August 16th, 2018. So almost three years ago to the day here mm-hmm. um, that it's been. Can you imagine that phone call? By the way, Aretha has picked you, Jennifer, to play her in a movie. And they performed, uh, you know, on stage before. Like, they they knew each other. They were obviously ran in the same circles and everything. Uh, of course, Aretha being the legend she is and, and Jennifer Hudson being the rising star in the last 20 years and everything and the Academy Award winner in her first movie out. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a, a great honor for sure. But I mean, Jennifer Hudson's kind of been killing it for a while. So, and I Steve Stepping.ca, the movies to watch. Let's continue with it. Uh, Don't Breathe 2. It's not me you need to be scared of, little girl. But the man standing next to you. Now, I don't know who he is, but I know who he's not. Should I tell her or you? Wow. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Tell us about the uh, tell us about the show. Yeah, uh, Don't Breathe Two follows up one of the most original horror thrillers in a long time, uh, Fede Alvarez's uh, Don't Breathe. And uh, basically, this one's interesting because it's a follow up that takes the villain of the first movie, which is a blind man played by Stephen Lang, and kind of makes him the anti-hero protagonist of the second film. As uh, after the events of the first film, he's kind of living off the grid and everything and uh, ends up uh, raising uh, a young girl who he kind of saves uh, when her mom passes away. And then, of course, bad guys come and kidnap the kid and force him to uh, go back to his murderous ways to uh, dispatch each of them. And, uh, I mean, Stephen Lang just rocks. This uh, this role is, is such a cool one for him to do, too. And... Uh, I mean, I don't think there's going to be as many cool things as Fede Alvarez brought to the first movie, as he is just the producer and writer of this one, but uh, uh, it's going to be fun, I think. All right, Steve Stebbing, this movie sucked you in for all the wrong reasons. Tell us about, uh, well, after we hear the clip, The Comeback Trail. You're lying. I, I swear to you, I'm not lying. I'm not, well, I'm, okay, I'm lying a little bit, but I'm a producer. That's what I do. And I will have your money in full, I promise you. You got 72 hours. After that, I choke you to death. Come on, I'm not an idiot. You haven't painted the most accurate portrait of our investor. All right! We've been in trouble before. We always find a way out. 
So Robert De Niro is in this. Morgan Freeman is in this. But those aren't the reasons why you wanted to watch it. <laughs> no, it's because I follow Zach Braff on Twitter and Instagram, and he's posted a lot about the comeback trail and that he finally got to work with Robert De Niro. They're both rocking some really hideous seventies porn stashes and everything in it. Uh, Cause I guess that was the sign of the time. Cause everybody's wearing them in this one. But I also was drawn into it because it's like a behind the scenes, like Hollywood film, basically about a down and out producer that owes a lot of money to a very bad man played by uh, Morgan Freeman and decides that he's going to uh, get his investment back and pay his debts off by uh, doing a little bit of an insurance scam on the set when he hires aging cowboy actor uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And his idea is, well, he's going to make an accident so this guy dies and he gets the insurance payout. Oh, good classic, good wholesome fun there with how to rip people off, I guess. Yes, exactly. I can't believe that all these actors are in it, and Zach Braff is the reason why you want to watch it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, because they've all done uh, bad movies before, really bad movies. I suppose. All right, next on the list was Steve Stebbing, Naked Singularity. He offered me a hundred grand if I grab a sample of the heroin stashed inside that navigator. Why risk it? I don't want to live my life looking at lost opportunities. Let me post this hypo. I mean, you could steal said monies without detection. I still wouldn't do it. Why not? Because it's wrong. It's wrong? It's it's wrong. It's wrong? All right. Um, I think he said, uh, let me post the typo. That could just be me listening from the Ryan O'Donnell lens of the movie. But um, tell tell us about Naked Singularity. Yeah, Naked Singularity, it's basically like a crime comedy of errors. Uh, essentially, you have Star Wars' uh, John Boyega playing a New York public defender who is just burning out with uh, his mundanity of life and never being able to uh, get the people that he defends uh, the justice they deserve. So he decides that, well, I'm just going to go into it myself because I see my reality kind of crumbling around me. And I'm going to jump into the middle of one of my clients' uh, drug deals to make a bit of cash. Uh, and I mean, it's got a good cast. Uh, Bill Skarsgård from It is in this one. Olivia Coco, I really love, and Ed Screen from uh, Deadpool. Uh, but this movie seems to think it's a lot cooler than it is, and it's a lot more original than it is, as it just keeps kind of getting befuddled in trying to create that extra twist, that extra originality, and just kind of falls flat on its face every time. I, I love the cast, but I just the execution of this movie wow strong man strong words from steve stabbing here all right next on the list here with what the hell should we watch this weekend let's talk about nine days you are being considered for the amazing opportunity of life selected you'll have the chance to be born in a fruitful environment it sounds like something from outlander actually yeah it's this one is really odd i didn't know what i was stepping into when i started watching this one which is kind of sometimes the best way to go into like a very heady film like this but basically uh um, us actor uh, uh winston duke plays a guy that's kind of like holed up in this house with a bunch of computer screens 
TV screen, sorry, uh, watching a bunch of different people's lives and everything. Because uh, it's up to him in kind of this godly, omnipotent way to decide which one of these nine candidates, these nine people that he interviews over the time, to get a rebirth on Earth. And some of them are kind of like new souls that are just kind of figuring out the world. Some of them are cynical. Some of them just kind of question their reality and everything. And it's just like this super heady film that is actually the first film from this guy, Edison Oda. Uh, Edison Oda. And, uh, I mean, he's kind of challenging, like, Tree of Life, Terrence Malick stuff in here in such a interesting but, like, surprisingly non-pretentious way, which kind of blew me away. You did like uh, some of the casting, though. Yeah, I mean, Zazie Beetz is in this one, and she's kind of the soul that comes through to kind of dispel a lot of the um, procedure, like, kind of safeness. The, to Winston Duke's character. And it also has Benedict Wong, who's like almost the comic relief of this one, who pretty much steals every scene that he's in. It is time for us to get into the Shift AV Club. Ryan O'Donnell, take it away. The Shift AV Club is probably my favorite thing that we have started to do on this show. Essentially how it works, if you're new to this, we're like, imagine you're in high school and you and a bunch of fellow nerds have gathered to watch a movie and review it for the class. My friend's class is back in session. We have some movies to watch. However, we don't just watch one movie. That's boring. We need to get creative to find out what movies we watch. And of course, for that, we need the tiny wheel of the movies. Wheel. Leo, please bring it out. The tiny wheel actually does have movies. It's so cute. No one seems to mind. It is so cute. And it is filled with 10 movies. My friends, would you like to know the theme of this week's AV Club? What's the theme? It is superhero movie, Russian roulette style. So how this works, there are 10 movies on my wheel. Five of them are fantastic. Five of them are considered to be some of the worst movies ever made. Okay, now watching people like this show, bad movies can be a lot of fun to watch. Okay, you just need some friends, maybe a drink or two, couple hours to waste, uh, and hours to waste. So uh, now, before we reveal what movie it is, because we have to spin, I'm going to tell you the movies that are on this list. So, our five good ones. The Dark Knight, Spider-Man 2, Superman 1978, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Spider-Man, sorry, no, Iron Man, not Spider-Man. We already did that. On the bad movie end. Oh, boy. Catwoman, Daredevil, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, Batman and Robin, and... Oh, Green Lantern. <laughs> okay. So, he rolled his eyes four out of five yes, of those. Yes, I know. So if it does land <laughs> on a bad headache. movie, I'm, I know. If it lands on a bad movie, this is going to be the first time the AV Club will have to review a bad movie. But when it comes to It'll studying the last film, AV Club. <laughs> it, no, no. Because, Steve, I think you can agree with me on this. When it comes to reviewing movies, you have to look at the bad ones too, right? It's important. Yeah. Yeah, it makes us jaded, though. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think we have to do it. Okay. I, Leo, I think it's time. Let's spin the tiny wheel. 
Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> This is going to be a fun. I can't wait for us to review this movie, my friends. We will be watching the classic superhero movie starring Ryan Reynolds that is not Deadpool. It is oh, Green Lantern. Let's get the Why? <sighs> so it's Ryan Reynolds versus a cosmic diarrhea cloud. Yes, yes, it is a cosmic diarrhea clock. Okay, Leo, play me that trailer. Your name, Hal. Hal Jordan. The ring. It chose you. Use its power to defend our universe. Become one of us. Become a Green Lantern. I would All like right, to quote thanks. you a couple of text messages that came in. Yeah, hit me. Spinning movie wheel. I'm listening, Hewitt. I'm in, says Willie. Tiny wheel, tiny wheel. Yes. Plinkety, plinkety, plink, 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 plink. <laughs> Willie says, Green Lantern, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, choice, but here's it. my invitation. This is how it works. We have one week. Next Thursday, during the AV Club meeting, we will review this movie. I encourage you to watch it. We will have fun with this. We are going to put out and highlight the most cringy, hilarious, and gobsmacking moments from this movie. And uh, just as Ryan Reynolds celebrates probably the peak of his career, we are going to mock the lowest point. It's going to be great. Great. I'm so angry right now. All right. Well, I, um, all right. Well, that's what it is. That's the agreement. We all said we were going to do it. And Green Lantern, it is. Maybe it stands the test of time and it's incredibly relevant somehow today. Glasses half full. (laughs) Bonding time. Yeah. We're going to popcorn. Maybe it's the popcorn. Maybe that's the, Mm -hmm. I might have to stop at the movie theater and pick up the movie theater popcorn. Just so I can get through this movie. All right, so Green Lantern, (laughs) here's your invitation to all the shift heads. What you do is stomach the Green Lantern, and we will talk about it, Um, probably how terrible it was. This is not much of an invitation, right? This is like, hey, we're all getting together to celebrate our divorce, and we're going to have a dinner and a dance. (laughs) (laughs) Dress up nice and bring us gifts because we're getting a divorce. That's kind of what we're doing here. Anyway, uh, Steve, thanks for being here. I'd like to apologize in advance for Ryan's (laughs) decision-making. I decided nothing. It was the wheel. You, Ryan spins the wheel. wheel, therefore it's his fault. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much for everything, uh, Steve. Of course. It's the Shift Podcast. It's time now for Are You Okay? Are You Okay with a heist film? I love robbery shows. Yeah, I, I do. Uh... I don't. For some reason, ever ever since I was young, the one type of movie I usually can't get into are heist movies. I don't know if it's maybe like, and some of them are really well made, like Heat and Oceans. But I just maybe it's because I find the plots usually pretty predictable. Some of them are okay, but it's not usually the first thing I dive into if I want to watch a movie. What, what what makes you like them though? I'm curious. I don't know. It's usually the technology. It's a little bit of a a Mission Impossible thing going on. Mm-hmm. There's usually a little bit of humor with it. I like the Spanish series, Heist. 
I thought that was dynamite. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of good, and that's that one's worth it. Even if you, you know, if you want to learn Spanish, that's a good one to watch. It's long, and also if you just, uh, it's worth it. The um, <laughs> Leo's wearing his his uh, Spanish T-shirt tonight, so he's, he's flashing it around there. Um, the The reality is, is that show. I mean, it's awesome on the subtitles. It really is. The, except for when you got to go pee, you can't. You got to pause it. You can't go get yeah. like more popcorn or you hit a bathroom break. Um, but I love the heist. I love the robbery movies. There's always a little bit of mystery, a little bit of surprise. There's always a small little love affair. You know, it's it's a really good uh, template. <sighs> I was replying to Sid here. Can I take a small tangent? Yeah, t- tangent away. It's Friday. It's mail in Fridays, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, Sid and Chilliwack says, "How many tequilas can I have watching the Green Lantern?" <laughs> I I like Security Jerry's text. Can I not watch Green Lantern and just punch myself in the face, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. How about this, uh, Security Jerry? Uh, please don't punch yourself in the face. But if that is easier for you than watching the movie, you give her. And by the way, Sid, there's not enough tequila in the world. Nope. Anyway, are you okay? Is <laughs> where we were. Are you okay with the heist? Heist movies are beloved by many, but you don't often watch comedy heist films. Well, we're going to share two stories with you that would make amazing comedy heist film scripts. Let's start with this one from last year. One year ago, Tony Tovar was hanging out at Behrman's Tavern in St. Louis, Missouri, when it was robbed. After the armed suspect gave orders, patrons listened and hit the deck. Tony, however, stayed calm, cool and collective, and didn't even flinch. Here's more from Inside Edition. Sometimes you just have to stand up to punks like that. Tony Tovar just nonchalantly sat there, lighting up his cigarette as his favorite neighborhood bar was robbed. So this is your bar. This is your home bar, and you weren't going to let anybody push you around in there. That's absolutely correct. Tovar looked cool as a cucumber as the other patrons at Beerman's Bar in St. Louis followed the robber's orders and hit the deck. He puts the barrel of that gun into your rib cage. What's going through your mind? He was reaching for my phone at the same time, so it was going for my mind is, no, this is not going to happen. The bar's surveillance video shows the 57-year-old master mechanic grabbing his phone back after the bad guy tries to take it. The surveillance video is silent. Now Tovar is revealing what words were exchanged during his scary encounter. He actually asked me, I need the money out of your wallet. I just said, I got $2 in my wallet, and that's for my next beer. I actually told him, hey, since you're back there, Get me a beer. He looked at me and says, no, get your own beer. After taking money from other patrons, the robber forced the bartender to open the cash register. He took all the money, 200 bucks in total. All the while, Tovar just sits there taking it all in. I want to hang out with that dude. Yeah. Because he hangs out at bars with $2 beers. That's true. It's just that you had the surveillance video is amazing. Happened a year ago, but they actually caught up with him uh, in April on the anniversary. Apparently, this part of St. Louis, he's now a legend. Like if people go up to him on the streets and like take pictures really? of him. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. That, that takes balls. That takes balls. That's okay. So here's a brand new story for you on the shift. This is the story of a 67-year-old Alan Slattery. According to police, his handwriting was so bad that staff in a local bank didn't know he was trying to rob them. 
hey, maybe he had a bunch of typos in it or something. Oh, I Slattery can relate. Entered, entered three banks in Eastburn and Hastings in the space of two weeks and used written notes to ask the cashiers to hand over the money, officers said. According to police, his first attempt failed due to poor handwriting, and the employee was unable to read the note, and Slattery left empty-handed. He managed to rob two other banks. Slattery pleaded guilty to all three offenses and was given a six-year extended sentence consisting of four years in custody and two years on license. I don't know what that means, but it sounds important. I wonder if he was a Um, doctor at some point. Well, why life. wouldn't he do that if he wanted money? He could have just gone to the pharmacy, handed him the note, and maybe got some drugs <laughs> oh, he could have sold in the alleyway. Yeah. Man, that's I'm just that's what a great plot for an SNL sketch that is. Like think about that. Just, you know, handing the note and just like the, putting the reading I'm Sorry, did you I can't just read what that said. What I'm sorry, did you <laughs> You need a 20? Yeah. Oh, put the Or you need put, a checking a checking account <laughs> i love that story i love it are you okay are you okay with kyle's kyle's like kyle's yeah. like yeah the people? kyle's kyle is kyle is an kyle isn't just a name it's like a personality every like kyle i've ever met in my life every, yeah every kyle i've ever met in my life are the exact same person Really? And I feel like if I was named Kyle, I would become a Kyle. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The name Kyle, I don't have any real uh, strange Kyles for my life. I mean, yeah, I guess they, they're not. No, I don't know. Okay, those are my brain cells dying. The name Kyle can often be associated with someone who loves flat brim hats, monster energy, and being a bro like this. What's up, Kyler? Do you ignoring me? When, dog? Do you know how I feel about being ignored? I'm an only child. Oh, snap. I, I didn't hear nothing, bro. I, I didn't know you were back there. Were you just standing there? Yeah, like 10 seconds ago. I thought you were ignoring me, dude. I got anxiety, so. I didn't hear you, bro. I'm so, I'm like, hella mother, like, freaking sorry, dog. Like, I totally got your back, like, whenever, dude. If you say hi, I'm going to say, like, what up back? Bro. <laughs> Bro. Well, if your name is Kyle and you want to live into that stereotype, there's some good news for you. Here's more from NBC4. All right. I know this is very specific, but it could be a good thing if your name is Kyle. Do you know someone named Kyle looking to break a world record? Well, as specific as that might be, they might just have a chance to do just that at the city of Kyle's Pie in the Sky Hot Air Balloon Festival. They're looking to break the Guinness World Record for gathering the most Kyles, spelled K-Y-L-E, at one place. The city says all Kyles will receive a free T-shirt and free entry. The festival is going on on Labor Day weekend from September 3rd to the 5th, and the meetup for Kyles is planned on Saturday, September 4th. I have questions. This is actually the fourth time the city of Kyle has tried to break the record for the most amount of people in the same place with the same name. Why wouldn't you pay? Well, I guess it's the place is called Kyle. That's why they do it. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't you go yeah. after like a Jim or something like that? Or James, like, or John, wouldn't that be? Or Robert? John's too easy. But it gets but you then, the record book. But yeah, look at the current record because it actually That's makes what I'm sense. saying. Yeah. The record currently belongs to Kupreski Kosha in Bosnia Kosha. and Herzegovina. Kosha in Bosnia and Herzegovina with a total of 2,325 participants named Ivan. 
That's like John, right? Duh. Um, so that to me seems like uh, that's the way you do it. They're trying to they're trying to find fit the Kyles, two thousand three hundred twenty six Kyles in a place called Kyle. It's a lot of Kyles, bro. That's a lot of monster. They should sponsor that event. The, all of the uh, hot air balloons should like spell out the name Kyle with monster logo, monster energy logos. Absolutely. Marketing and genius vape. happening. They right should here. use vape, vape instead of hot air to make them fly. That's vape that's juice? it right there. Kyle is actually one of the fastest growing cities in Texas. In the early 1940s, Kyle was noted as the only Texas town with an all-woman government all the way back there. Straight and it's called Kyle. Kyle. It's uh, called Kyle. Is there a girl version of Kyle? Like a Patrick and Patricia? Ooh. Something like that? Uh, Ki- Kylie? Maybe. Maybe Kylie? Kylie. Kylie's a nice, nice name. That's a good name. I don't think Kylie has the same connotation as Kyle, bro. Kyle, bro. Um, I'm guessing that there's no female. I mean, for Shane, there would be a Shannon, I suppose. Mm-hmm. For Ryan. Um, Rihanna. Rihanna? <laughs> Rhiannon? Rhiannon is great. Rhiannon is a good name. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you say it, though, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan. There it is. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay with living? Nope. I screwed it up again. Out of out of context clip, Shane. Tell you what, let's not play the bad Leo. Let's play that very first clip so I don't get it wrong three times in a row. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old. I am divorced. And I live in a van down by the river. Are you okay? <laughs> With living in a van down by the river. <laughs> well, I, uh, Chris, uh, Mike, Chris Foley, something Foley motivational speaker, uh, convinced me that, uh, I'm not going to mount a jack squat and I'll be rolling doobies in a van down by the river. So. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm, I'll be okay with that. All right. Uh, for one man, living by the river was pretty much all he ever knew. And off-the-grid New Hampshire man's days living as a hermit appear to be over, whether he likes it or not, though. River Dave, whose cabin in the woods burned down after nearly three decades on property that he was ordered to leave, <laughs> says he doesn't think he can return to his own lifestyle. Here's him speaking with a uh, with the Associated Press. I don't see how I can go back to being a hermit because society is not going to allow it. I have started a human interest story and I'm going to have people, even if I rebuilt right there, I would have people coming every weekend. So I just can't get out of society anymore. My name is David Earl Lidstone. I'm 81 years old. I've been living as a hermit for off and on now for over 20 years. I enjoy that lifestyle. I also enjoy the female relationship of my wife of 61 years. Uh, July 22nd was our anniversary. I'm still married to the same woman. Uh, part of me wonders if she like left a, it's, it's, 59 years like ago, but he's still married to her. Um, like, I don't know. 
if they're happy and they're in love, I think that's amazing. At the same time, like at what point do you go? Actually, nothing but the best for you, baby. Yeah, they uh apparently they're estranged. Like they're not they don't live together anymore, but they're still married. Well, that's what I'm thinking. But still married but apart for fifty nine years now. Yeah. Like Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Mr. Lidstone, a logger by trade who chopped his firewood and grew his food in the woods along the Merrimack River in the town of Canterbury. On June 15th, Lidstone was jailed on a civil contempt sanction where he'd, uh, he was told he'd be released if he agreed to leave the cabin following a property dispute that goes back to 2016. The property, undeveloped and mostly used for timber harvest, has been owned by the same family since 1963. Lidstone had said uh, a prior owner in the family gave his word years ago that he could live there, but had nothing in writing. He later disputed that he was even on the property. In court on Wednesday, both sides agreed to arrange for Lidstone to collect his cats and chickens and remaining possessions at the site. Some items had been given to police for safekeeping. <laughs> the valuable ones. Yeah, the, the fire a fire destroyed the cabin on August fourth, hours after Lidstone defended himself in a court hearing. How random and not set by anybody. He was released from jail the next day after the judge ruled that he would have less incentive to return to his particular place in the woods now that the cabin had burned down. That doesn't sound intentional at all. Um, no. oh in the meantime. Many people across the country and beyond have offered to help Lidstone, either through fundraising or offering him a place to live or a dentist appointment. Uh, Lidstone said he is thankful for all of the support. He's still trying to figure out whether he would uh, go next, although he couldn't. He wouldn't mind staying in New Hampshire, where he's developed some strong connections. I mean, he sounds happy. That's really all that yeah, matters. Yeah, he's right? got an amazing beard. Like, if you ever want to grow a proper, proper long beard. It is, uh, yeah, I, actually, that's, yeah, you have less incentive to shave. <laughs> Everything about that. It, I mean, we don't even need to make jokes. It just is awesome. I hope mm -hmm. you're happy, and I hope that um, the the marriage thing works out in the end, because everyone deserves a little love. This is the Shift Podcast. Well, it was just about a year ago, I guess, that we had this very first conversation that the uh, there were dreams and aspirations to be attained. And when you got one of your buddies that says that to you, what do you do? Well, you make sure that you do everything you can to help and support them to get there. That day has come. It's taken a long time and a lot of hard work. Matt MacArthur is here. Hey, buddy. Hey, Z-Man. What's happening? <laughs> you got to get one more in, hey? <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, yeah, no, going great, man. Um I, I appreciate doing this tonight. Um, you know, I didn't get to, as things ended up, I didn't get to do like a proper send off with the right. audience. And, you know, I didn't want that to come off as being ungrateful or weird. You know, I wanted to be there and have one more show, but you know, things just didn't end up that way. Yeah. Um, schedules are got all goofy and, and everything. So, uh, okay, yeah. so if you don't know, if you're just getting caught up, Matt MacArthur, uh, uh, technical producer for the shift for a few years. Uh, he's the last, uh, bro that was with me when we kicked off the show a year ago. And, um, and Matt came to me and we had a very personal conversation. I'm not going to get into the details that share that part, but a very personal, honest conversation about, Hey man, what my future, my dreams and so on. And so, we sort of put our heads together and said, okay, what does it take? And then um, with slow adjustments through the course of it, the time has come for Matt to step away. And um, and this is it. This is the last, 
uh, tonight with what we just had there. That was the last April, or sorry, summer April riffage. Summer riffage. Apparently my head's stuck in the past. And um, so tell everybody where you're going who doesn't know, because some people need to get caught up. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago, you know, I told everybody on the, on the weekend version of the shift um, that I accepted a job with, uh, with free plug here, Rufus guitar shop in in Vancouver. Uh, One of the greatest uh, guitar shops, guitar and drum shops in Vancouver, two convenient locations, Alma and commercial drive. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, as many folks know out there, a dream job or a dream opportunity only comes along once in a while. And a job like this, um, other than radio, which has been very good to me and a very good outlet for my creativity, and I've had all kinds of great times on the radio here, but, you know, this job came along um, to, uh, you know, sell guitars, to help people um, book, like, music lessons and just to be involved and really plugged into the Vancouver music community, which, you know, due to the night shift nature of the show, I felt I was kind of isolated from for, for quite a while. So when the opportunity came up, I was like, okay, here we go. Let's do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Isn't that funny? The balance, right? Of that being not able to play. I mean, we just did a thing last week, which I'm sure you heard. Cause I'm sure that even though you're not on the shift, you're still sitting up all night listening clearly. Oh yeah. Um, uh, we did a thing on the big shift inside work and jobs, right? And how many people through COVID were not able to fulfill things or found some emptiness in the, the work they were doing. And isn't it funny that when you take the music, the, the, the band gigs, the rehearsals out of your life, I mean, you're lucky because you're married to your drummer, but at the same time, the, you know, there are other pieces of this puzzle and you start to really realize this is where my heart lies, man. This is where I need to be. It's interesting. The kind of the gift it's given you in hindsight. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, you know, it's, um, you know, it's not that I like, wasn't feeling, you know, unfulfilled, you know, in the, in the shift, you know, it's like I said, there was a lot of like room for creativity and I built a lot of that too. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the freedom of the, the shift of the night, shift is that you've got you can do way more with it if you have the drive to make it happen yeah um so in that sense i was fulfilled and we got to like like you me and ryan and like everybody that's worked on the shift has got to share in you know some very like crazy world events um and you know some of which are still ongoing (laughs) but um well in a community that's unmatched right like that's the best part yeah and like the listeners you know like having i got to you know know a lot of the listeners because you know when they phoned the shift that's who they were talking to first Uh you know i was the goalie before they got to you Uh um and i may have let a few like shots you know in net on purpose (laughs) to sort of give you you know to to keep you on your toes but you know i'm i got to be have a relationship with a lot of these people um some on the phone some on the text and Uh Um, you know, it's been, it's been a great experience and there's a lot of just devoted people. Like I was on this show for nearly four years and the same people listen like practically every night for all of those years. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a great experience. Yeah. It's a great experience. So, um, you are officially done now. Now the next question that's going to come up for everybody is going to be summer riffage. 
Um, with the new job, and I think this is a smart move on your part, is uh, taking time to get focused on the new gig. So we'll just leave it out there that the uh, summer riffage, uh, all those things for now is uh, finished. Hopefully one day when um, when life allows, we'll be able to bring you back for some special stuff. Is that fair? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, unless you guys have checked it out already, there's all like, the theme songs and stuff I built, you know, like in case you missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Greg Fish, you know, just like all the stuff that I've built. You know, the sound of the show sounds that way because I have built a lot of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, until Brendan gives it a big old makeover, um, you know, I am still, and I think I will always be a part of the show, you know, I in spirit. So. Well, I think that everybody who built the show from the ground up, there's no denying, even though that they've moved on to other jobs and other careers, they still carry this one in a very special place. And, and I can't thank you enough. I mean, your support of me has been remarkable through all the transitions and changes that we've been through. I mean, there was a lot for you and I and some yeah. real um, forced bonding, even at times where we just looked <laughs> in the mirror at each other and kind of said, well, here we are. What do you want to do with it? And, um, and I can't thank you enough for that, Matt. I really, truly appreciate you. Yeah, no, like I, I think that we were, we're put in a very interesting position to sort of like, okay, we've got this ball, let's roll with it. And I think, you know, our working relationship, like really, you know, worked right away. I think we like both had a really good understanding of how to work with each other right away and just like a good sort of respect of each other's talents and just, uh, I think we did a great job of letting each other like do our things, you know? I love it. And yeah, like you, like you did a great job taking over from the previous show and making it like your own thing. And the listeners loved that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to miss you. Uh, you're welcome back anytime to shamelessly whore out your guitars. <laughs> That's will. no problem. Uh, sales guy in the background. Hi, Jen. Um, good luck buddy I wish you nothing but the best you're going to do amazing they're lucky to have you thank you very much Shane I appreciate it and to all your all the shift heads out there I say thank you and keep on listening thanks for listening to the shift podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review the show and share with anyone you like get it on Apple podcast Google podcast Spotify and curiouscast.ca